You're listening to the Burke and Ms. The Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast, the place I go to get my fantasy fulfilled. The best analysis, advice, and opinions on fantasy football that you can't find anywhere else. Let the fantasy begin. Hi, you're listening to Ms. Montalban. I'm here today to bring you the latest signings, injuries, and breaking news. Thank you for joining me. Let's get started. And this is going to be a really short breaking news segment. Just not a lot going on. Most of it has been about the Steeler-Ravens game and updates on that. Game was played, and there is news from the game. Uh, There's a couple things. Uh, Bud Dupree is feared to have an ACL tear which would be bad news for that Steeler defense. They've been so dominant, and they really depend on those edge rushers to uh, set the tone on that defense. So this might be Bud Dupree's last game since he's going to be a free agent, and that would be pretty tragic for the Steelers. I mean, they're playing not necessarily well, but they're winning, and he was a big part of that. Alex Highsmith will take over for Dupree, the rookie, and we'll see what he has. I mean, he needs to step in there and, and... be the man, so we'll see if uh, how how quick of a learner he is. But anyway, it's a big blow, big blow if you have Steelers defense. Ravens were questioning if the NFL had the player safety on their mind when you know forcing them to play this game, and you know like we gave it to our families, and there's just a lot of people testing positive, and no one's taking into consideration, uh, you know all the, the our our families and our teammates that are catching it. And I get it. I get the pandemic. I get that it's a horrible, you know, horrible virus that's spreading around everywhere and you do fear for your family's safety. But you also, you know, the Ravens organization didn't fear for their safety when they let the strength and conditioning coach not wear a mask around the players and spread the uh, coronavirus to the whole team. And that outbreak happened because of that. So before you go blaming the NFL that they don't care about your safety and sticking up for your team, saying how great the coaches and organizations are and how they, you know, definitely uh, were looking out for your best interests, they really weren't because they weren't sticking to the protocol. And if they did, you wouldn't have the outbreak. So I don't have sympathy for you. I feel like it was a kind of excuse for not having anybody available to play, which did happen. Do they, if they have those people, do they win? I don't know. You know, Steelers Ravens games are always really close and it doesn't matter who's in and who's out. That's just the type of game. These games always are, you know, the Steelers didn't have Ben Roethlisberger last year and duck Hodges, uh, went to overtime against the Ravens where the Ravens won. So I just, uh, this is the type of game it is, and uh, for the Ravens to complain about safety and, and those type of things, you should have been worried about that when, you know, you guys were breaking protocol. Blake Bortles, he will stay away from the facility for the Broncos. The Broncos have learned their lesson. They're going to keep a quarterback ready just in case, away from the team, so they don't have to go through what they went through just last week. And it was a... It was a big conundrum for the uh, quarterbacks in Denver. And speaking of which, they all were fined by the team for not following protocols. 
and putting them in that situation. So all four of the quarterbacks were fined. Well, I think all three of the quarterbacks were fined because I don't believe Jeff Driscoll was fined since he was the one that had it and was at home at the time. But uh, Blake Bortles, Drew Locke, and uh, Brett Rippon definitely were fined. And it's an unfortunate situation. And uh, But overall, you know, besides all the stuff that was going on with the Ravens and Steelers, uh, you really haven't heard about too many more covid cases so far this week so that's a good thing and hopefully it's uh getting under control and people uh, kind of saw what happened to the ravens and are, are trying to uh stick to the uh, the protocols a little more uh, stringently uh, on that note that's really the breaking news that's all we got for you today Yay! well we have a game to talk about and I never thought in my wildest imagination that I would be talking about an NFL game in the middle of the week. But here we are. And the Baltimore Ravens were at the Pittsburgh Steelers. And it was a sloppy game. You can tell that both teams were uh, missing a lot of key players. On top of that, you can tell it was the middle of the week. And they had, you know, what, 10 days off since their last game. Uh, it was really sloppy. Turnovers, there was two on each side. Steelers offense, they had a lot of drop balls. The Ravens kept trying to give them opportunities, and the Steelers just couldn't convert. Uh, and, and these drop balls were on, you know, key, uh, were drive killers because they were on key plays. Third down passes, uh, wide open where there'd be a big play. And then on the Ravens side, they couldn't get anything going. They couldn't run the ball. Robert Griffin, the third, was. Uh, acting like the third version of Robert Griffin from his uh, rookie years in the with the Washington football team, uh, shell of him former of his former self, and Trace McSorley came in there and threw for more yards on half the targets. Uh, he only completed two passes, and uh, but you know uh, Hollywood there's a Hollywood Brown sighting. When do you see a Hollywood Brown sighting? And I think that's attributed to Trace McSorley throwing it outside the numbers. That's something the Ravens haven't been able to do all year. And here we are with it. Uh, Hollywood Brown looked great on that play. And if they can get more of that, that's uh, going to be a a sign of good things to come for the Ravens. But I don't think they have the quarterback that can do that. Lamar Jackson or Robert Griffin, I think that's where they're both limited. So you're really just wasting a talent in Hollywood Brown. But again, outside of that one big play, he had three other catches and for a total of 15 yards. So uh, I'm, I'm not ready to heap praise on Hollywood Brown either at this point either. He's, he's had a really rough season. Uh, Roethlisberger, you know, threw the ball 51 times, 36 completions, 266 yards. Had that touchdown to Juju Smith-Schuster. It was nice. It was a, it was a workmanlike touchdown. Uh, you know, they're working in uh, on the goal line. And the Steelers are at the point now where they're just forgetting about running the ball. They're like, hey, you know, we'll do our 15 to 20 rushes per game, but we'll just put it in Roethlisberger's hands, spread out the ball with our our weapons, and we'll do it that way. It's just really uncharacteristic of the, the Steelers' offense to, to operate like that. But when you have Roethlisberger, I don't think that's a bad plan, to be honest. Uh, Benny Snell had 60 yards on 16 carries. It was all right. Uh, he had some tough yards that he made. Uh, 
Justice Hill, I wanted to talk about him really quick because he looks really good. I liked him since he was drafted and never really felt like he got the chance in Baltimore. And partly, uh, that's partly due to Ingram had a great year last year. Gus Edwards just keeps, you know, every time he gets an opportunity, taking advantage of it. They drafted J.K. Dobbins this year. And Justice Hill's kind of lost in the shuffle on that. But, uh, I mean, he had uh, nine carries for 35 yards. It's not spectacular by any means, but he just seemed to have a, a nice little burst and was a he was he was a tough runner. Robert Griffin, he speaking of tough runner, he did uh, some good things on the ground. That forty yard run that he had pretty much capped it off. Uh, outside of that, he didn't really do much. But uh, this was definitely a defensive game, and uh, you know people were worried that the Ravens were even going to show up. Like you know, last minute before the games kicked off, like you know. Harbaugh, John Harbaugh is going to pull something uh, like, oh, my guys aren't ready or uh, we got another COVID positive and it didn't happen. They got they played the game and I don't, you know, people are kind of jumping ship on the Ravens and worried about them thinking that they're not going to make the playoffs. And you look at the rest of their schedule, they have one of the easiest rest of the schedules in the league. I actually don't see them losing another game. I mean, potentially they could lose that game to the Browns, but there's going to be some good uh, fantasy matchups for them. And on top of that, just good matchups for their team in general. And they're going to be, you know, you need to start eyeing those players because they're going to have some big production from there. And, uh, again, I think they win out the rest of their games and they make the playoffs. The Steelers, on the other hand, they just keep looking bad and they keep winning. So it's one of those things where you're like, how is this team undefeated? Because they don't look good doing it, but that doesn't matter. I mean, they're an 11-0 team. I, I'd prefer my team to not play well if they're going to win. Uh, I'll take the ugly win over the pretty loss any day, and that's the Steelers right now. And uh, their matchups get a little bit tougher because I do got to play Buffalo and uh, the Colts. But, I mean, they have Cleveland, Cincinnati, and the Washington football team there. Uh, so I really think it's going to be coming down to the Steelers and the Chiefs for that number one seed. And it's really going to come down to that Bills and Colts games for the Steelers. But uh, all, all in all, for a Wednesday, it was entertaining. Something to do while you're working uh, at your cubicle or wherever you work at home, at home in your uh, home office. You're, you're supposed to be in a meeting. You just mute the meeting, and you're, you're probably watching the football game. And I don't blame you because I was kind of doing the same thing. Who do I start this week? What's the point spread? What are the injuries? Should I bench this guy? I don't know what to do. Man. I just hope I win. The Burke and Ms. the Wiz Montalban weekly preview starting now this first game we're going to preview is probably going to be the best game it, it just there's it's really intriguing there's a lot to like about it it is the Cleveland Browns at the Tennessee Titans and I'm not sitting anybody I'm starting every single person I can in this game. This is going to be a high-scoring shootout type of game. 
the Browns defense can't really defend anybody. And they're they're decent against the run, but oh, it's Derrick Henry, and Derrick Henry can run against anybody. Tennessee Titans, they can't really defend anybody. People have really good games against their defense, although their defense has been playing better the last couple weeks. So Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, uh, Jarvis Landry, Rashard Higgins, Hollywood, Austin Hooper, starting all of them. Uh, I don't think all three of Hooper, Landry, and Higgins are going to have a great game, but I think one or even two of them potentially can. So... I'm uh, going all in with the trifecta on that. I'm I'm, I'm scared to sit anyone and you know uh, and miss that uh, that blow up game that they could potentially have. Cream Hunt and uh, Nick Chubb, same thing. You know Hunt was kind of disappointing last week. Chubb was not, but this is another game where they both can be pretty productive. And uh, Baker Mayfield, he's uh, the Browns aren't turning the ball over, and that's why they're winning. And Baker Mayfield's been a part of that, so I like to rip on him when he's not playing well. Well, he's playing pretty well, and uh, got to give him his props, and he actually, I think, is a top-12 quarterback this week. Uh, I, I know I thought I'd never say that this season, but here I am, Baker Mayfield, top-12. But someone I think is going to be better than Baker Mayfield, it's Ryan Tannehill, because the Browns give up a lot of yards to the quarterback and to their the wide receivers. So even though they have Derrick Henry, and I know they're going to run the ball a whole lot, you still got to like Corey Davis, A.J. Brown, uh, Janu Smith, even though Janu Smith was pretty much invisible last game. You need to give him another go because he's still a top-five tight end, and this is a game that he can be really productive in. Uh, not to take away from Anthony Ferkser or one of those tight ends. You know, they're uh, they uh, Pharaoh Brown or that's uh, another tight end that's getting some action. They all could be productive tight ends in this offense so you need to uh you need to play everybody you just do the the Tennessee Titans are favored by four points and I think they do it I think they win by four points it's at home and I'm not I'm not impressed with the Cleveland Browns like record wise I I think they're not as good of a team as a record it you know states but who cares that's what their record is they're they deserve it and uh but I think that the Tennessee Titans are a better club, and at home it's going to be really tough. And the 52.5 is the over-under, and I so bad want to take the under just because, you know, the the Browns and Titans don't uh, scream huge, like, shoot-em-out type matchup. But all the stats are saying that it will be. I mean, you're not sitting anybody, so that uh, that means you think a lot of points are going to be scored. So you got to go with the over in that uh, situation. So I'm taking the over. I'm taking the Titans and giving up four points. And we'll see what happens, but this is an intriguing matchup. This is definitely one I'm going to click to and uh, try to watch as much as I can because everybody likes offense, everybody likes scoring, I like scoring, and this will be the game for it. This next game is the Las Vegas Raiders at the New York Jets. And the Raiders are favored by a touchdown and a half, so 7.5 points. The over-under is 48. I am taking the Raiders. I think they win by more than a touchdown. Just because of how bad they played against Atlanta, I think they take it out on the Jets. And and poor Jets, you know, this is a bad time to meet the Raiders because the Raiders are angry and pissed off. The 48, I I think they go under that. I don't think it's a high-scoring game, mostly because the Jets can't score. And I found it pretty humorous last week when they said that 
Sam Darnold was going to be starting over Joe Flacco. And the reason why I thought it was so funny was the, the reason that they gave. They're like, we're giving it to Sam Darnold, trying to ignite the offense a little bit. And I was like, ignite the offense? Like, have you not watched the Jets' offense with Sam Darnold compared to Joe Flacco? With Joe Flacco, they were actually scoring points. Like, they were at least in the mid-teens to almost 20. With Darnold, they're getting like 0 to 10 so how are you going to, going to ignite an offense with a quarterback that has been less productive scoring-wise? I just thought I, I kind of giggled and left uh, to myself. And um, I just wanted to have it on record as saying that uh, it was ca- kind of a statement where it, it made absolutely no sense. But uh, let's get back to this game. I'm, I'm diverted a little bit. Uh, you're starting Derek Carr, and I know what you're thinking. Why are you starting Derek Carr again? He had the best matchup ever last week, and he totally bombed. But you got to get him here on this because he has another good matchup. It was a really bad game, of course, against Atlanta. But, uh, again, it's that angry game where I think they make up for that. It's another good matchup, and they're going to definitely take advantage of this one and try to show that last week was just a fluke. So Josh Jacobs, same thing. He had a rough game. You throw him out there, and he... It's primed to have a really good game this one. I, I think uh, he has a complete 180 from, from last week in Atlanta. And then Henry Ruggs, Nelson Aguilar, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller. You're, you're basically starting all the Raiders. It's kind of like the Tennessee and Cleveland game. You're starting everybody you can almost. The only two benches I have is Sam Darnold, just because he hasn't been an effective quarterback this year, and you're not going to get points compared to other quarterbacks. And then Chris Herndon. And uh, Chris Herndon, for obvious reasons, and that's because he hasn't really done anything all year. And uh, I don't expect him to start in this game. So I mean, I expect him to start, but I mean start producing in this game. With the New York Jets, though, I will start Frank Gore with a vengeance. I think Frank Gore is going to have a really good game in this one. And then all the receivers. I mean, Brashard Perryman and Denzel Mims have been getting like eight targets a game the last two weeks. And so you would definitely need to, I think they could be good flex plays if you're hurting for somebody. Like, say you have Godwin or Antonio Brown who are on a bye, Mike Evans, or uh, injuries. You know, you know, maybe DJ Moore doesn't end up playing this week. Uh, those could be good fill-in guys just from the targets and volume that they get. The only issue is they're not scoring as many touchdowns as you'd like. So uh, they're really capped, and they really have a, a – their floor is the floor is average. Their ceiling is average because they're not going to be scoring you touchdowns or points. Jameson Crowder, you're going to start him as well, and I like Jameson Crowder. But you know Sam Darnold, especially coming back, he thought he'd have a big game, and surprisingly he didn't throw to Crowder like he he did before he got uh, he got benched or hurt or whatever happened in in New York, and. I don't expect that to continue. might have just been the game plan, so I'd give it another go. But it's definitely something to monitor. But for now, you know, Crowder has a good matchup, and I'm not benching him either. So this will be an interesting game. And it's tough to say, hey, start everybody, except for, you know, a couple people. Um, and I'm looking at you, Sam Darnold. But, uh, and then taking the under. But this is a type of game that I'm doing that. I just don't think it's going to go above 48 points. And there you have it.
this game is it's it's going to be mad. It's a mad game. I mean, I just think a lot of crazy things are going to happen. Jacksonville Jaguars at the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings are favored by nine and a half, and I'm not having that at all. I I mean, I think Minnesota wins this game, but nine and a half points against Jacksonville. Jacksonville, they're they're playing hard, and I, I might have thought that if. Uh, Jake Luton was still playing quarterback, but this is Mike Glennon, and Mike Glennon actually showed me something last week that you know he could move the ball, and uh, it was a close game. So I'm still sticking with the Jaguars on this. Give me the nine and a half points against the Vikings. Who am I starting though? Uh, for the Vikings, I'll go. I'll start with them first, just because I have a little surprise for everybody. Uh, Kirk Cousins will be definitely started. You need to start him in all formats. Jaguars just give up so many yards through the air. And Kirk Cousins has great weapons in Adam Thielen if he comes back from COVID, which I think he will. And Justin Jefferson. And even Kyle Rudolph, you know, with Irv Smith being out, I think he's Irv Smith continues to be out. So Kyle Rudolph is a great play here. You really need to, to play him. And all three of those guys together, I think, are going to have a, a great, great matchups, and all three of them potentially could have good games. So, I'm, I'm, I'm not uh, discriminating against any of these guys. I like all three of them. And Davin Cook, uh, of course, you're starting Davin Cook. He's he's a little injured though, so you, he might not have the value that he does normally. That you might see a little bit of Alexander Madison thrown in there, and that's fine. I still think you need to start Cook because of who he is, and you know taking a chance on Madison and a flex might not be a bad play. I, I think there's room for both of them. And uh, Jaguars just don't have a really good defense. For the Jaguars, this is my surprise. I think you can start Mike Lennon. I think he is a top 12 quarterback this week. People will say I'm nuts, but let's see if that's the case. Uh, I like the matchup a lot. If DJ Chark plays, I like it even more. So let's hope he plays. But Keelan Cole, I think he can be a start. And, uh, you know, if uh, Shark doesn't play, maybe Chris Conley can sneak in there and do something. I think, you know, LaVishka Chanel, Tyler Eifert, those two guys are people you can probably bench. I don't see a lot of production from them. But everyone else, yeah, go for it. You know, I don't even need to talk about James Robinson because James, Rob James Robinson is a beast. He's uh, effective no matter who he plays. And this is actually a good matchup for him. Well, it's an average matchup, but it's James Robinson. Uh, 49.5 is the point spread. I'm taking the under. So this is a second consecutive game where I'm like, hey, don't bench anybody. But it's going to be under. I just don't see it going over 50 points. I, I can see it being like 21 to 17 or, or something. Um, I think that it's going to be a lot of production. But I, also, these teams are prone for, well, Jaguars anyway, for, for turnovers. And I, uh, I think that's going to hamper scoring a little bit. But, uh, yeah, give me the under, and uh, I really like the Jaguars to cover the uh, – or to, uh, to not lose by nine points, I guess is the, the quick way of saying this. It's the Bengals. They're at the Dolphins. And the Dolphins are favored by 11 points, and that's just insanely high to me. I mean, the, the Bengals hung with the Giants with Brandon Allen last week, but Miami's a special place. Like, that humidity is just suffocating, and teams don't play well in Miami, so I'm actually going to go with Miami, and I'll give up the 11 points. It's it's a gamble. It's not one I'd use, a, like, a parlay on or anything, but I'm going with Miami in the 11. I can do that straight up and feel 
feel good about it. 42.5, I'm taking the over on this. I think this will be a high-scoring game. And uh, Dolphins defense, special teams, definitely playing better and being pretty productive. But Bengals, on the other hand, not so much. And, and the Dolphins still give up points. So uh, I'm starting Ryan Fitzpatrick because I believe he will be playing again this week with uh, Tua Tagovailoa's thumb. So give me Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think he's a top play. I like him a lot in this game, uh, especially, you know, hitting Devontae Parker, Mike Gesicki. I think he can have – Mike Gesicki can just have an amazing game. Bengals are so bad at defending the tight end. Uh, this could be the Mike Gesicki show, and uh, you can start both of them with confidence. I think you can sneak Jakeem Grant in there too. I think Jakeem Grant can have a good game. And running back is a little bit trickier. Uh, the, the, what's, uh, the whispers in the streets are saying that – Devante or DeAndre Washington is going to be the running back for the Dolphins, and if that's the case, I, I think he could be a good start. So you start him. If not, if it's Matt Breida who fumbled last week, so I think he's kind of going in towards the doghouse, and they'll just go with the next healthy guy. Um, but if he does start, I think you can start Matt Breida. Basically, who's ever playing the Bengals, you can start and expect a good game from that running back. Bengals just don't do well. To defending the running back position um, and then you know sitting wise you, you don't sit anybody on the Dolphins <laughs> you start everybody Bengals on the other hand I think you can sit Brandon Allen just because I think he'll turn the ball over a lot AJ Green he was a shell of him for his former self I think you can put him on the bench and then Drew Sample I mean Drew Sample he's not even on roster so he's on the bench and then uh Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, I like them. I think they can have decent games. And, you know, Higgins scored a touchdown last week. Boyd was targeted. I mean, they're not getting as many targets as before with Burrow, which is to be expected. But they're still really talented receivers that uh, you shouldn't sleep on, you know. I, they're going to have some disappointing weeks for you with this situation. But you don't want to have them on your bench when they have, you know, they do have a decent week. And in this matchup, they can definitely do that. So Giovanni Bernard, I think he's a good start. Dolphins don't do well against the running back, and I think rushing and receiving, Giovanni Bernard's going to be efficient. And he might not just might not have a huge day, but he'll have a decent day that will get you solid points, and uh, he won't lose you the week. I'll put it that way. So you can put him in there, and uh, uh, yeah, I don't know what else to say about this game except for I really think the Dolphins are going to win, and. Uh, it's going to be high scoring. Philip Rivers, Indianapolis Colts, cruises into Houston to face the Texans. Colts are favored by two and a half points, and I agree with that completely. I think Houston wins by two and a half easily. Houston Texans are depleted. They have Randall Cobb out for the year, well, for a couple games. David Johnson's on, on, on IR. Will Fuller's suspended for the season. And that's just that's just a lot not to like in this matchup. So I'm taking the Colts, and then the 53.5 is the point, uh, the over-under. I'm taking the under. I don't see how Houston scores a lot of points here, and I don't see how the Colts – I can see how the Colts score a lot of points, but I don't think they'll uh, you know score over 25 points each. And that's basically what they're saying. Uh, even above that, I mean, that's almost what, 50, that's 54 points. So definitely I'm taking the under on this. 
You're starting Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers has a really great matchup. He did horrible last week, but uh, I, I think he redeems himself this week and has a really good game. Uh, Naheem Hines, Jonathan Taylor. If Jonathan Taylor is back from COVID, both of these guys have really good matchups, and I'm starting them with confidence for sure. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, Michael Pittman Jr., uh, the dud that uh, Michael Pittman Jr. had last week, I, I think he has an amazing game. I actually think he can have one of the top games, especially since Bradley Roby was another one that was uh, suspended for uh, the rest of the season. So I'm taking Michael Pittman in this one, and I think he has a really big game. Uh, Trey Burton, he doesn't have a great matchup, but I think out of the three tight ends with Jack Doyle and Mo Cox, that uh, Trey Burton just finds a lot of ways to score. I mean, he can rush the ball at the goal line. He gets those sneaky touchdowns. So I'm starting him even if it's a bad matchup in this one. Obviously, I'm sitting all the other tight ends. Duke, or uh, Jordan Wilkins, you know, he disappointed last week, and he hasn't been getting the ball as much as he did earlier in the season. So... I don't think he's a start, even with a good matchup. He can be on your bench. And then Zach Paschal as well. He's not getting the targets. They're starting to go towards T.Y. Hilton a little bit more, which they should have from the beginning of the season. Good for T.Y., but uh, not so good for Zach Paschal, so he can be on your bench. And then for the Houston Texans, Brandon Cooks. I have him as my start. It's really it. I think Brandon Cooks takes up those targets from Will Fuller. And I also think Jordan Aikens gets some of those targets, but Colts are so good at defending the tight end that I think Aikens and Fells are sits at this point. And uh, Brandon Cooks is going to be your guy. But other than that, I mean, you're starting Deshaun Watson, but he doesn't have a good matchup here, and I wouldn't expect a huge game from him. And then Duke Johnson, he can be on your bench. I really don't expect Duke Johnson to do anything in this game. And uh, if you play him, you're going to be disappointed and kind of risky with you know the basically the regular season and fantasy winding down needing to get a playoff spot uh, don't do it depending on Duke Johnson the Detroit Lions at the Chicago Bears and this is just kind of a nasty game I don't like it I don't think it's going to be entertaining and I think it's going to be low scoring Bears are favored by four and a half but I, I think that's the case. I think the Bears win by more than four and a half. Sometimes when a coach gets fired, the team plays better and they have a good game. I don't think it's the case in this one. I just think the Bears dominate from front to finish. And it's a 45 over under. I'm taking the under. I don't see how these two teams score more than 45 points. So take the under. And then start-wise, uh, start um, Mitchell Trubisky. That's me in the corner, and that's me in the spotlight, starting Mitchell Trubisky in a critical game to make the playoffs, and that's the reality we're in. I, he has a great matchup, and uh, I, I think you need to, to start him in against the Lions. Lions give up a lot of points, and I, I think he'll throw to Allen Robinson a lot. So if he throws it to him 20 times, Robinson will catch like seven or eight of those at least and uh, make for an effective day. And, and same with Mooney. I think he'll be uh, having a good day and gets targeted a lot. So that's all three of them that you can start. And outside of that, David Montgomery, this is a perfect time for him to have these great matchups and, and produce. You know, not this 30 to 40 yards and hope he, hopes he scores a touchdown. Like, he had 100 yards rushing last game. So I think he keeps it up here against the Lions and, and 
has a great game. And hopefully the game plan has a little more running. So you, you keep uh, the ball out of the air in Mitchell Trubisky's hands. But uh, the, the coaches don't like to do that in Chicago for some reason. But Anthony Miller, Jimmy Graham, they could be on your bench. Miller, just because he hasn't been productive all year. Jimmy Graham, not that the matchup's horrible or anything, but Cole Komet is getting a lot more targets in this offense, and I'm worried that uh, it's going to start becoming a habit with Chicago. So I don't want to take a tight end on the Bears that's splitting reps. Uh, I'm out on that, especially if I have to win, and uh, I need to see more before I uh, start Jimmy Graham again. For the... Lions, I'm starting Marvin Jones. It's a bad matchup, but I think he's going to get all the targets. If Kenny Galladay comes back, we don't know that yet. It looks like he's probably going to be out again. And that's a lot of targets for Marvin Jones, no matter who he plays. So I'd be starting him and then TJ Hawkinson. Bears give up tight end yards and points. So Hawkinson is a, a weapon for the Lions, and he'll get some play here. Sit Matthew Stafford, this is not a good matchup. But this is also, if the uh, season, the way the season's going, he's going to throw for like three touchdowns and 300 yards because he does better in the bad matchups than he does in the good matchups. And, and that's been 2020 for Matthew Stafford. But I'm sitting him on my bench because I'm not taking that risk in a, such a pivotal fantasy football weekend. Uh, DeAndre Swift is on the bench. Adrian Peterson, they're not good matchups. So I'm definitely not starting Peterson, but I don't know if DeAndre Swift's going to be back, and I don't want to risk it. I'm just I'm leaving him on the bench. It's not a good matchup, and and Kenny Galladay because of the injury. I'm not playing him. I, I'm trying to pivot to a, a better option, which I think there's many uh, out there. Um, and depending on who's on your roster, you, you probably have a better in-house option right now than an injured Kenny Galladay. Danny Amendola on your bench as well. I just don't see him doing anything and he was hurt recently too so who knows if he's going to be available just something to monitor and uh that's the game in a nutshell i don't really like this game at all and uh, but bears win and hopefully it puts them closer to playoff position drives the detroit lions further out of playoff position and they'll just start over again next year And the final Sunday morning game that we'll preview, it's the New Orleans Saints at the Atlanta Falcons. And I feel like we just watched this game. And the reason why I probably feel like, uh, feel like that is because we just did watch this game two weeks ago. In week 11, the Saints beat the Falcons 24-9. And it was Taysom Hill's first start. Rushed for a couple touchdowns. Kamara scored a touchdown. It was it was a good day for the Saints, and uh, I really like the way the Saints were able to shut out the Falcons' offense. In this one, I see more of kind of the same thing. The over/under is 47.5. I'm taking the under on this, but I am actually taking the Falcons and getting the three and a half. I just feel like the Falcons are playing better defense. The Saints are kind of one-dimensional right now with the you know having to run the ball with Murray and Kamara and Taysom Hill. They're just really divvying up those rushing yards between the three, passing intermittently, and I think this holds well for the Falcons too. Uh, even if they lose, I think it'll be by a field goal or less. So give me the points, give me the Falcons. Uh, 
And uh, I'm starting for the Falcons. I'm starting Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones because they don't have good matchups, but they're going to get a lot of targets. And Julio Jones might not play, so I like Calvin Ridley even more. Calvin Ridley didn't have a great game last week, being the main guy. He did score the touchdown, though, to make it kind of serviceable. But those are my two guys that I'm starting. And I'm starting Hayden Hurst because the Saints can't defend the tight end. The only issue with Hayden Hurst is, you know, he's, he doesn't score touchdowns. He gets like 40 to 60 yards. So, I mean, really, that's the issue with tight ends in general is you're not getting a lot of points. And uh, Hayden Hurst has kind of been that. I mean, doesn't uh, get you enough to have a successful week like he's not a difference maker but you can have a good game here it's a good matchup I'm sitting everybody else Brian Hill Edo Smith I don't know who's going to get the ball in this mix it's always it's different week to week if you remember Brian Hill last week or not last week but last season Todd uh, uh, was it Devonta Freeman was hurt so everyone's like oh Brian Hill's gonna come in and just dominate and he didn't and Ido Smith played decent. It was kind of the same situation as now. But then Ido Smith didn't do anything after that. And I'm just stepping away from this situation. I don't like either of them. And the Saints are good at defending the rush. So that gives you double reasons not to like either of them. Russell Gage, I'm not playing him if Julio doesn't play. I, I don't like this matchup for him. And that's it. For the Saints, Taysom Hill, I'm starting him. I like him. He did good that first week. I think he does pretty I, pretty much the same thing. I think that's what he's going to look like. He's going to rush for a couple touchdowns, uh, throw the ball well enough to be uh, keep the defense guessing for the Falcons and be a, a good start. Michael Thomas, uh, he's going to be the guy that gets all the targets, so you're starting him. And Jared Cook has an amazing matchup. Taysom Hill doesn't throw to him. So... Uh, Jared Cook's on my bench, and I hate to say that because the matchup's just too great, but I'm not starting Jared Cook, even though all the stats say that you probably should. I'm sitting Alvin Kamara. And I'm not really sitting Alvin Kamara. I'm playing him, but you really got to be nervous. Latavius Murray probably will have a better day than Alvin Kamara, but it's Alvin Kamara. You can't sit him. You never know when that you know, that game's going to come. So Latavius Murray, kind of the same thing. I'm sitting him. I don't like this matchup with Latavius. And then Emmanuel Sanders, Tyquan Smith. I'm just sitting all those guys. Uh, basically what I'm saying is I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, more defensive than what we imagine, and it's not going to have as a fancy football impact like we uh, were hoping it will be. So there it is. This is actually still going to be a game I want to see, though. I like watching the Saints offense with Taysom Hill. It's kind of fun watching a team uh, not rely on the pass as much as most teams do in the NFL nowadays. And they've been effective. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. And uh, can't wait. And that concludes our show for the day. Week 12 is finally in the books. Felt like it was month 12 with how long this week has been. But we can wrap a bow on it and put it under the tree and get ready for week 13. So for that, I am thankful. 
You're listening to Burke and Ms. The Wiz Fantasy Football Show. I am Ms. The Wiz Montalban. We appreciate you listening, and we'll get right back at it, previewing the rest of the games and giving you our FanDuel lineups. So, in the meantime, enjoy the week, and we'll be right back at it here tomorrow. Take care.